What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, but hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. You know, I suppose it's just human nature that we tend to elevate the issues that matter the most to us. Uh, That's why I'm calling for abandoning the designated hitter. I hate it. We certainly elevate them in our own mind, and then we kind of see the the world of politics through those issues. And, you know, some people, your your main issue is abortion or gun rights or how about something from the other side? Free college for everybody. Both of those issues have two sides, so. Free health care for everybody. So you're constantly thinking about that. Maybe I've been elevating this one a lot longer and a lot more than I should have because it's so important to me. If I was going to define my political needs and philosophy, at the in the very first sentence would be fiscal conservative. Right. But I'm not thinking many other people care about it. This is getting a lot of attention. Yesterday, a caller to the Rush Limbaugh show said, There's going to be a $1 trillion deficit next year, Rush. Trump doesn't really care about that. He's not really a fiscal conservative. To which Rush Limbaugh replied, Nobody is a fiscal conservative anymore. All this talk about concern for the deficit and the budget has been bogus for as long as it's been around. 
Well, well, exactly. Well, on that okay, note. Okay, well then, I guess. Um, please welcome Lon He Chen, David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies, lecturer at Stanford, and the uh, Director and High Placed Aide of Presidential Candidates uh, in the past. Lon He, how are you, sir? Great to be with you. To, how are you? To take Great. that one step further before you comment on that. So Trump didn't mention the deficit at all in this State of the Union address, which we mentioned. I think we mentioned it with you the day afterwards. And uh, a report came out that Mick Mulvaney, his acting chief of staff, was uh, was was asked, no mention of the deficit in the State of the Union. He said, nobody cares, was his response to it. Russia's response, Mulvaney's response, Trump's attitude. Is that where we are with politics in America? Do you think nobody cares? I, I don't think it's true that nobody cares. I think it's true that fewer people care than was the case a few years ago, and fewer, fewer people care than probably should. Uh, this is a serious challenge. I mean, arguably, it's our biggest challenge. I think back to when, uh, during the Obama administration, I forgot exactly which national security official it was, but a very high-ranking national security official, I think it was the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said at the time, that the biggest threat we face to our national security is actually our debt. Clearly true. Uh, because... Because because it because it imperils our ability to fund our military in the future, right? If you think about the increasing burden that we're placing on coming generations, and somebody's got to pay that bill at some point. I'm not just talking about military spending here. We're thinking about the big programs that are driving all of this spending increase. Well, sure, I I couldn't agree with you more. And Joe agrees, and and you agree, and it matters to us. But you've run political campaigns. If you're out there trying to win an election. I'm getting the sense, based on what Rush Limbaugh said, that that's not the issue you highlight. No, it's not. And and I, I think you saw that in the 2016 cycle. I think you saw it even in 2012, which is the cycle I worked closely in with, uh, with Mitt Romney. You know, it was an issue that we wanted to highlight, and it just was not picking up the oh. level of traction okay. that we would I, hope. I give up then. Yeah. So you and Joe talk. I'm no longer talking about politics. <clears throat> it's, it's pointless. <laughs> I'm going to sit down now. Well, yeah, I was going to waste any, everybody's time by pointing out that all of this uh, fiscal uh, impending disaster exists at a time of historically low interest rates. Oh, and yeah. if, if the rate goes up 1%, that difference in the budget will be more than we spend on all of our men and women in uniform. We've got the best is, economy we've ever had, almost. Most everybody's employed, and we're going to run a trillion dollar debt. Yeah, I mean, deficit. anyway, nobody deficit. Right. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So, Moving what are you going to do? Got to move along. So, you got the the squad line here, as I refer to them, the freshman cheerleader squad, because that's what they remind me of. Um, exerting outsized influence, and and got the giant social media accounts, and Nancy Pelosi's having to react to them, and the rest of it. And it's been going on for a little while. Can that outsized influence last? Or are these four gals going to be a flash in the pan? Oh, well, I, I don't think they're a flash in the pan only because they are the ones driving the conversation. And, and it's not just the conversation right now. I mean, you think about uh, AOC as an example, who I guess is a member of this uh, so-called squad. She has been at the forefront of driving the message on Democratic Party politics, certainly for the entirety of this year. And the reality is that where they are on policy, which is on the far end of the progressive spectrum, that encapsulates a decent number of voters who are going to vote in the Democratic Party presidential primaries when we get to early next year. So I tend to think that they are in a better position. And frankly, with their use of social media and the way that they're able to manipulate the media Generally, I think they're in a great position to influence the conversation well beyond just this period of time we're in. So that brings me to my next question. 
Is there any limit to the extent to which a candidate can go way left or, or right, for that matter, in a primary and then say, wait a minute, I didn't mean that stuff and come back to the middle in the uh, in, in the general election? Or can you just say anything? Can you raise your hand and say, yeah, I think illegals should have free health care and then walk that back if you for get instance. the nomination? Is that possible? Well, you know, it's tough in this era of of, you know, politics that we're in. It is a very different era than even just a few years ago. So I'm I'm tempted to say that there are fewer repercussions for making crazy promises like the ones that we're hearing. I mean, my wow. instinct is my <laughs> instinct is, look, no one should be able to get away with saying that, you know, as Kamala Harris said in an interview, I think it was yesterday on CNN, she basically said, well, I'm for Medicare for all, but I don't want tax increases on anyone in the middle class. If she thinks that's ever going to happen, I got a unicorn to offer her. I mean, it's 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 not it, it is simply unrealistic to make those kinds of promises. But they're making them under the assumption to the point you guys are making that voters that, are that stupid. They can just turn around in the general and say, ah, I didn't really mean that. Actually, here's what I meant. So we'll see if people are willing to hold them accountable. But I'm not convinced in this era that it matters as much what people say. Wow. I, I don't know. What are politics now, then? What, what, what is the conversation? It's a Twitter poll. <laughs> and, and, and if what you said is true, well, then, yeah, you should raise your hand for free health care for illegals, I Why guess. Not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. Lon Hee Chen is on the line. Hey, Lon Hee, I've noticed lately <clears throat> the popularity of certain weasel phrases in politics. Uh, one of my favorites is they're talking about, speaking of absurdities, the idea of slave reparations. And the the thing that, that like Cory Booker and all the reasonable people say is, yes, I'm I'm in favor of, of, of starting a commission to study this. Right. I'm going to study this. And I'd imagine when we get to the general, they say, well, we really should study uh, Medicare for illegals because they're humans, too. We're going to study it. What are some of your favorite weasel words and phrases in politics? Yeah, uh, we'll study it. Boy, that's something I'd like to consider. I hear that one a lot. Yeah. Boy, let's consider that. And it's like, well, yes, let's actually, let's do it right now. (laughs) (laughs) And then tell me what you think. (laughs) Why don't we we do that now? Why don't we do that today? Yeah, Um, that's a great one. I'll consider it. We'll think about it. You know, this is an idea that's worth worth discussing. And and they do that because they want to signal, hey, you know, actually, I'm with you. But the reality is they're never going to do anything about the particular thing they're talking about. And, and to get back to our conversation earlier about the general election versus the primary, this is exactly how some of these politicians get away with it. In the primary, they, they make it sound like they're for something. And then when they get to the general, they say, well, no, no, I never said I was for it. I just said I was going to consider it and study yeah, it carefully. Sure. And, and, and we can still study it. So, yeah, th- this is a big problem. You know, if I'm a single guy, I ask the really cute girl at workout, and she says, that is something we should really consider. <laughs> I'm going to walk away with a different feeling than if she said, hell no, never. Uh, yeah, true. Not going to happen. Hey, I was watching the Trump rally last night and thinking he would be unbeatable. This would be fantastic for him if it were July next year. Or October next yeah. year is is he peaking too soon? And is there anything you can do about that? The wind is just at his back right now. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's interesting because the the confluence of different factors is really setting up well for him. But it, you're right, it's setting up well about a year too early. Um, I, I don't think there's a whole lot he can do about it on the economy. The economy is what it is. For example, there are some things on the margins that will affect it. I, I think the Fed will play a role here, which is why you continue to hear him trying to influence what the Fed does. But ultimately, the, a lot of that policy lags a few months anyway. And then you've got other factors uh, like the Democrats basically blowing themselves up. There's no indication, by the way, that the Democrats are going to stop blowing themselves up. 
So maybe it's the case that it's not going to matter whether it happens now or next year. But it is certainly the case that he's experiencing, I think, a very, very good trend uh, a little bit early in the cycle. So we'll have to see what happens and keep an eye on it as we get to the fall. If I'm Trump's advisors, uh, I suggest he declares war on Canada next July and brings the war to a quick and victorious conclusion before the election (laughs) and just rides that way. That's my idea. Lonnie Chen, uh, I'm afraid we're out of time, but Lonnie Chen, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University, uh, also a research fellow at the Hoover Institution, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lonnie Chen. Lonnie, it's always enlightening. Thanks a million. Uh, Looking forward to the next time. Great to be with you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Fiscal conservatism doesn't matter, and you can say anything you want. That doesn't matter. That's the takeaway from that conversation. Well, then. Yeah, no kidding. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.